Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She is the oatmeal queen, four-year <laughs> swimmer at Tufts University. She's now in Boston, where she authors the Hungry Swimmer series on mm-hmm. Swim Swam, uh, Zoe Gregoracci. Zoe, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Pretty excited to talk food with you. It's one of my favorite topics. Uh, I travel around the country and eat pancakes, and uh, and you travel around the country and eat oatmeal. And uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to diversify your breakfast foods. Um, yeah. We've we've <laughs> between the two of us, I feel like we kind of have you covered uh, for your first day of the meal. But uh, let's before we get into food, um, let's touch on your swimming career. How did you get into swimming? Um, you swam four years in college. Um, t- tell me a little about, bit about your aquatic background. All right. So I've swam for a total of 15 seasons. Um, I'm now part of the Swammer Club, so I'm retired. Two years into retirement, it's going great, right? Um, so I swam club in Long Island, New York. I started when I was about five and a half. Um, didn't know how to learn butterfly. I just kind of did a little doggy paddle down the lane and that was my tryout and they're like, Oh, you're in. So that sucked me in automatically. And I come from a swimming family. So I kind of, I'm the oldest of three. So I kind of paved the way and my two younger siblings also swim. Um, yeah. And then I swam mostly butterfly brushstroke. I am in high school, came to Tufts as a freshman still continued the 200 butterfly, 500 free life. <laughs> and then I kind of mosey on over to the distance lane, which then shortly became the sprint lane my senior year. Um, so yeah, I feel like I've kind of done it all. Um, yeah, and I just, I love college swimming. I miss it dearly. Um, maybe I'll revisit swimming in the form of masters at some point once COVID's over. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my swim career in a nutshell. So, in a nutshell, what I'm hearing is that you weren't you were a 200 butterflyer, and that's why we at Swim Swam like you. Because <laughs> everyone knows the 200 butterfly is the best. Top. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so you you have deep swimming roots. You've been you've been in the pool for a long time. Um, and, uh, and as such, you have, you have taken what you learned, uh, from your aquatic pool and, uh, and now are, are giving back, uh, to the swimmers of today, um, with your hungry swimmer articles. Now, what, how, how'd you, how'd you first get into, um, you know, what, what you think swimmers need in their diets? Well, I definitely remember growing up in high school, um, there was really so much nutrition advice as an athlete thrown at you. You didn't really know what to stick with or what would work for you. Um, So that was a little tough to navigate in high school and then move on to college. That was also tough to navigate. Um, Just balancing academic life, social life, preparing your body for swim meets, for practice, for training trip. (laughs) Um, 
so I kind of saw a gap there in my own experience. And then once I graduated college and went on to study nutrition in grad school, that's when I kind of, it kind of dawned on me that um, other college and high school and even age group athletes are kind of missing that nutrition advice or background from someone who's also experienced it on their, um, their themselves. So I feel like that's kind of why I approached them swim and really decided to, like you said, give back to the community that really provided a lot for me. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you take a look at one of your articles and there's recipes you, you give step-by-step instructions on, on how to mm-hmm. make these meals. And then it really tells you, um, why it's good, what it's doing for your body. Um, mm-hmm. so let's start with the, the, what maybe every, your every swimmer might be lacking. What do you feel like, you know, looking back, um, in those high school college years, you really could have used in your diet, uh, more of. Hmm. I definitely think hydration is a big key. <laughs> I feel like the easiest thing you can do for your body and for your performance as an athlete is to drink water. Um, I feel like that's definitely one of the top. Um, let's see. I feel like also just fueling your body for practice every day. Um, sometimes I used to walk into the pool at 7.45 a.m. before an 8 o'clock lift or practice, and I would maybe eat half a cliff Bar. But that can't really sustain you for a two-hour practice or a two hour practice plus an hour lift that really can't sustain you. So I definitely think adequately fueling your body with good nutrients. Um, and then in addition to that hydration, and then if we're really getting into the nitty gritty to finish it off, I would say, uh, recovery, especially training trip recovery is very important. Now, if, if, if you're okay with it, I kind of like to dive a little bit deeper into each of those. Um, you know, hydration wise, what have you found again, looking back on your own career, um, where, where, where did you come up short and and how have you found ways to combat that? So I think I remember in, in college, my coach, Adam, he was very adamant about having a water bottle on deck, um, or even in the weight room. And that's something I totally didn't, that was not my thing. (laughs) Um, so looking back, I feel like that was definitely something I could have done and a habit I could have picked up that would have, um, improved my, my swim performance and recovery as an athlete. Um, and then, yeah, like I mentioned for morning practice, I think one of the the first articles I wrote for swim swam was, uh, pre-practice or pre-meat fuel. So those were some really quick and easy recipes with adequate amount of carbs and protein and fats to sustain you for a long swim meet or for that grueling practice before the dining halls are open. And what I think is really cool that I got at in that article was all the recipes are super simple that you can even make in a dorm room with, you know, bread, peanut butter, and a banana, you're golden. Um, yeah. So I think definitely for me, looking back on my high school, college career, I definitely fell short on the, the practice fueling myself. Yeah. And so you, you get your master's in nutrition, food food and nutrition policy, food and nutrition policy. Um, you, you take a deeper dive into, um, your own swimming career and kind of look back and say, okay, like the, you know, the, these are, some ways that maybe I can improve. And you start writing these articles. 
like you mentioned, one of the first ones you did for us, kind of ways to prep um, to get yourself going. Um, you know, like you said, I think it's super common morning practice. You get up, maybe maybe it's seven forty-five for an eight a.m. lift. Maybe it's you get up at five for a five thirty swim. Um, I certainly know that's what I was doing in high school for doubles um, for morning right. practices. You know, it's like, what if you don't want to eat anything? What What do you suggest then? Um, you know, you talked about how hydration can be really important um, for going into those workouts. Maybe nutrition too. You know, if if what's what's something that could be small and light, but maybe better than a Cliff Bar for for those morning workouts. It's a great question because. I too could not stomach a power bar or a cliff bar um, during high school doubles in the morning. I just was not, not about eating. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. I feel like another challenge that young athletes have to face or just learn for themselves is what works for their own bodies. Um, so me personally, I don't want to say I forced myself to eat because I knew I'd be in a lot of pain if I didn't. Um, but I kind of did. <laughs> um, I did know a lot of friends would do like power bar, Gatorade, like sort of gels that you in a little uh, squeezy thing that you kind of uh, squeeze into your mouth, some sort of power goo with a balance of electrolytes and carbs and sugars. Um, I feel like that could be worth trying if you're not if you're not into eating a bar in the morning, but. I don't really have personal experience with that because I kind of knew if I didn't eat or if I didn't have at least a glass of water, mm-hmm. I was really going to be struggling in that morning practice. <laughs> so, and I, th- I think that's a that's a great answer. You you have to kind of develop a relationship with your body, know yourself, and uh, you know you you know that if if you don't have anything, it's going to be a struggle, especially at the end of that main set. Um, earlier, you mentioned you know. Uh, getting meals with you know the the right balance of carbs, mm-hmm. proteins, etc. Um, for someone who for, for you know for someone like me who doesn't have a, an extensive knowledge of nutrition, um, mm-hmm. you know for for your average swimmer who's not really thinking about oh I need this many grams of protein, this many grams of carbs. Let's say for a, a post morning practice meal, um, mm-hmm. what are you what are you looking for? What are you recommending? And or you know just saying I, I would I would eat this um, and why they don't call me the oatmeal queen for nothing <laughs> um, definitely oh, I'm trying to think in in high school my favorite thing to do was after a Saturday morning practice that could be anywhere from two and a half to three and a half hours craziness um, getting a nice fat stack of pancakes at the diner that was kind of my in a chocolate milk that was my thing um, but then later on throughout high school, I really enjoyed cooking for myself. And I feel like during that time in my swim career and just high school career, that's really when I fell in love with cooking and cooking breakfast specifically. Um, so I kind of learned to make those pancakes, but a little healthified, throw some fruit, some nut butter. Um, don't go crazy with the maple syrup. Um, oatmeal is great. You can see more oatmeal recipes on my Instagram page at what Zoe eats. Or even within my articles, I mention a lot of oatmeal recipes, French toast, um, definitely carb-centric breakfasts, I would say, for post, post-practice, post post-swim meet, to kind of refuel and recover and recharge. 
And so let's, let's dive a little bit into that recovery topic. You say carbs mm-hmm. are good for post-practice recovery. Um, <clears throat> again, if you want to see these recipes at what Zoe eats, that's with three E's. So Zoe E eats at what Zoe eats on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got tons of recipes. I'm, I'm scrolling through it right now. It's, you know, it's basically food porn. It looks so good. Uh, <laughs> That's a compliment. <laughs> it's a compliment. It, 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 the, these, these, these dishes look amazing. A lot of good oatmeals, but a lot of other stuff too. I'm, I'm looking at a fat stack of chocolate something pancakes that, that look <laughs> uh, great, but there's also avocado mushroom toast. There's tons of stuff. Anyway, recovery. Um, what do you find is best for recovery? Uh, you know, you, you said carb centric for after a morning practice. What about maybe at a swim meet after, after a prelims, but before a finals race, um, Mm. you know, what, what just generally, what kinds of foods might someone want to eat for something like that? I automatically thought of Panera. (laughs) (laughs) That was, (laughs) I feel like every swimmer went through that phase or, you know, in between prelim finals, you ran to Panera you did your thing, you went home, took a nap, and then you got ready for finals. That's definitely what I did in high school. Um, again, the big piggybacking off the Panera thing, uh, like a good hearty sandwich, I think, I think is something that would be really good for recovery and to kind of replenish your body for finals. Um, again, you got the carbs from the bread, you got some protein from whatever lean meat cold cuts you want to put on there. If you want chicken, turkey, ham um I, yeah i just i i always went for the sandwich <laughs> um yeah now that i recall even in college we would always do big subway runs um from the coach bus <laughs> our coach would get a bunch of them um so yeah i feel like my go to is always a sandwich and a nap <laughs> sandwich and a nap <laughs> that makes a lot of sense um so you you, you know you're the oatmeal queen You've got um, thousands of Instagram followers, tens of thousands. Um, so what what drew you to oatmeal so much? You mentioned you fell in love with cooking a little bit, um, you know, as, as later as you got into your swimming career. But, you know, I, again, looking at your Instagram page, you've gotten really creative and really branched out, it seems, with the recipes that you have been trying and creating. Um, so tell me about your you know, your food journey. So you said, why do I love oatmeal so much? And the first thing that pops into my head is it's so versatile. Um, you know, there's endless flavor combinations. You could do sweet with fruit, with nut butter. You can do savory. I tried that in the kitchen. It's a little tough. You do a, a fried egg, avocado, bacon, make it savory, a little salt, pepper. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, my food journey, I, I honestly started this account in college um, when I was trying to figure out what healthy and balanced eating looks like in a college setting, Um, you know, not only as an athlete, but a student athlete. And you just have a lot of facets to your life. Um, Going to swim practice, staying, staying on top of your schoolwork, balancing that all with a fun social life. Um, So I definitely started this account back then, maybe my junior, sophomore year. And I would kind of be that weird girl taking pictures in the dining hall of her oatmeal. Um, And yeah, I guess from there, I just kind of 
I kind of started interacting with my followers and seeing what they're enjoying and uh, drawing inspiration from other nutritionist pages that I followed on social media. Um, again, I stayed pretty strong with the oatmeal thing, but um, I did kind of showcase my unique creations and kind of documented my journey in getting out of my comfort zone in the kitchen and posting those on Instagram. Um, so yeah, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to improve my craft, if you will. Um, still trying to come up with different recipes and flavor combos. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting out of my comfort zone and trying to start looking for new recipes that aren't necessarily breakfast centric, even though that's my favorite. <laughs> breakfast, <clears throat> not not just because uh, I eat pancakes for a living, but breakfast is always my, is, is my favorite meal as well. Um, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a little bit different than the rest of the meals usually, but I, I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, you know, you mentioned you started, you started this account in college, you were taking pictures of your oatmeal in the dorms or in the dining halls, you know, yeah. for that summer, just getting off of morning practice, going to the dining hall, grabbing some breakfast. What were, what were a couple of your go-tos um, in terms of what you can make in a dining hall for oatmeal? Oh boy. Um, so at Tufts and our favorite dining hall, there were two dining halls on campus. One was significantly better in my opinion than the other one. Um, there was always this big wall of cereal, kind of like a Dylan's candy bar where there were different, different little boxes that you could pull the little I don't, shovel thing out and fill up your bowl. So that was really hard to get into, um, you know, avoiding the cereal wall at all costs just because it's just laden with sugar. Um, but Tufts Dining Hall also had this pre-made vat of oatmeal that was really helpful. I feel like not all dining halls would have that, but my advice, if you do want to make oatmeal and eat it in the dining hall with your friends, you can buy the little pre-made cups. Um, a bunch of different brands nowadays have, you can buy them on in bulk in Amazon actually. Um, and I would stick with the original flavors, try to do the ones with no sugar added. Um, and all you need is hot water. Uh, you could do a glass bowl or cup, heat that up, throw the oatmeal in there, kind of let it steam and then see if, if there's fruit in the dining hall, um, try to avoid the, like the clean peach stuff and the syrup. You don't want that. You want fresh whole fruit. You could do bananas, apples, uh, what else? Pear. There are a lot of pears in my dining hall. I ate a lot of pears. <laughs> um, sometimes there were fresh berries too. And then, you know, see if they have some peanut butter, almond butter, that kind of stuff. Crushed nuts. That's a great topping too. And if not, no shame, just bring your own jar. <laughs> um, yeah. And you, you can really try to make what you have, try to make use of what you have in the dining hall and then supplement the rest with, with your own stash. <laughs> There's certainly no shame in bringing your own food to the dining hall. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> whether it be almond butter, your own fruit, uh, any, anything you need to, to get your oatmeal game better than everyone else's because that's the real goal here. Exactly. Uh, you're, trying to, you're, you're trying to beat everyone on Instagram is what oh, it yeah. comes down to. Uh, <laughs> so, um, 
you know, I, again, we, we both are connoisseurs of breakfast foods. You talked about how much you love making oatmeal. I'll make pancakes every once in a while, but obviously I go out, I, I, I go out and around a lot uh, to a different, to a number of different pancakeries. Um, do you have a favorite place to go to buy oatmeal? Because that, I feel like that's a little more of a novelty item at breakfast places, certainly maybe, um, you know, specialty kind of oatmeals, but have, have you, you know, had one or two places where it's like, oh yeah, if I really want to treat myself, I'll go buy their oatmeal. You know, I haven't, I haven't really come across a place where you can kind of buy, like you can order it the way that here's the thing. <laughs> I'm biased. I like my own <laughs> and I'm sure you, you like your own pancakes too sometimes more than other places. Um, so I'm going to say no. If, if I want oatmeal, I'm just going to make it myself. Um, but pancakes, on the other hand, I do love a good stack from the diner. Some IHOP action's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to an IHOP for a practice of pancakes. Really? Uh, yeah, really. I mean, I've been to an IHOP. But oh, okay. Not for an episode of practice of <laughs> pancakes. Um, so maybe, maybe we'll have to do that uh, yeah. in, the, in the future. I that's right. I've been to a Waffle House. What do you think uh, about Waffle House? I'm fine with Waffle. I'm, yeah. It was that's that's uh, Chase Kalish's like go to. It was his go to after practice breakfast. And nice. uh, yeah, we really they they like knew his order and everything. Right above <laughs> that's when you know you're VIP at the Waffle House. <laughs> And uh, yeah, no, I, I could tell I was in the presence. Of, like this guy owns this Waffle House. Oh my god! Uh, you could tell. <laughs> it was it was it was pretty great. Um, okay, so there's there's no one place that has your heart for oatmeal besides your own kitchen. Um, so and you you talked about how now you're kind of starting to expand your cooking, um, like more than just breakfast. Um, tell me about that. What what are you getting into for for lunches, dinners, and for for outside the breakfast sphere? Mm. Each day is pretty different. Um, I'm always looking to, I feel like the adult thing to do is to follow a recipe, but that's not really my thing. I kind of like to improvise in the kitchen. I don't really love recipes at all. Um, so I'm still, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my way. Um, pasta is super easy. I love, um, have you heard of Bonza? The I brand? Uh -uh. So they make chickpea pasta, which is really cool. So instead of enriched flour or whole wheat flour, whatever, um, the pasta is made from chickpeas. So it does have a little more protein than your average, your average uh, flour pasta. So I love kind of whipping up bowls with pesto or olive oil or marinara sauce, some sauteed vegetables, some salmon, chicken, sausage. Um, but I am very much a creature of habit. So once I figure out something I like, I'll eat it a few times a week. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I love trying to find new kitchen gadgets. I bought this thing. Have you ever had zoodles? I have. The noodles yeah. that are zucchini. Yeah. So I bought this contraption on Amazon where it has like a little rotating thing and you, you churn it and, and it kind of spits out noodles. So I'm very excited to play with that later. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I kind of geek out on, on kitchen gadgets and stuff, but, um, yeah, for lunches, it, some days I'll have a smoothie, some days I'll have leftover pasta, or I'll make a salad. 
um, or avocado toast is kind of a staple for me. I can kind of alternate the two. If I have oatmeal for breakfast, I'll have avocado toast for lunch. And you could same is true. If, if I have avocado toast for breakfast, I can have oatmeal for lunch. Um, I just kind of mix and match with what I know I can make and what I know I like. Um, so yeah, I'm not really getting too adventurous with the recipes. So kind of exposing myself here. <laughs> has has quarantine affected that at all? Has it made, you know, more time at home? Has it made you more adventurous in the kitchen or just less so? You know, you're at home all the time. It's like, too, I don't, I don't care. I'll eat the same thing for five days in a row. You know, I go through phases. In the spring, I was very much like wake up, oatmeal, hang out on the TV, on the couch, watch TV, avocado toast, like on, you know, autopilot. Um, but recently, uh, for me, I'd rather spend time cooking or making my breakfast. Um, but once in a blue, I'll get this burst of energy and be like, yeah, I want to bake. So I kind of had that surge of energy um, a few days ago, and I made these really awesome pumpkin swirl black bean brownies. Sounds a little crazy, but tastes real good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I feel like sometimes I'll get these surges of inspo and I want to bake in quarantine. Um, I definitely prefer the eating part than the cleaning up or the baking part, but yeah, maybe I'll just keep on baking. I don't know. <laughs> we'll uh, see. Pumpkin swirl black bean brownies that if, if you ever post the recipe for that, please let me know. I did. You did. No, I'm, I'm looking at them right now. Uh, <laughs> you did. Wow. Those, those look delicious. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'd like to check that out. <laughs> that sounds wild. But it should uh, sound awesome. They're pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds okay. Anyway, um, so, so to, to wrap things up, moving forward, tell me about, tell me about, you know, what, what you see uh, for you in terms of where your education in the kitchen might go, where your interests are taking you in terms of what you want to do with uh, this food journey that you're on right now? That is a loaded question. Um, I mean, I'm, I feel like quarantine kind of made me realize that this was a passion of mine. Um, I guess you can call it food blogging, food photography. Um, I guess I would put my interests under that little umbrella. Um, yeah, I think I kind of just want to keep doing what I'm doing as long as I enjoy it and honestly try to keep growing. And And my biggest thing is I don't really focus so much on the size of my page or any of that, but um, I do love when I hear feedback from my followers or people that clicked on a recipe of mine and they kind of tell me how much, you know, making oatmeal every morning has changed their life um, health-wise or just kind of also help them break down that barrier to being um, a little more adventurous in the kitchen. So I think what's really cool is I've, I've interacted with a lot of people and followers through my website and Instagram and even my articles with some swam. And I think that's really something that drives me is seeing that, you know, the, the work that I'm doing and the, the recipes I'm sharing is kind of making a difference in a lot of other people's or swimmers lives. Well, Zoe, I know I certainly appreciate uh, the articles you've posted, and it's always fun to look at the recipes you are posting and see, oh, okay, maybe maybe you can do things at, at any given meal a little bit differently 
Um, but I, I really appreciate you coming on today, taking some, taking some time to talk with us and explain uh, the methods behind um, your culinary genius. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.